0: Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk. give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. He doesn't know it yet. that Rudy just won his third defensive player of the year trophy. He's had an amazing year this year. He deserves it. We're going to surprise him in a locker room. He doesn't know about it yet. So, what are you do?
1: guys oh man uh, the cool video cool moment um Rudy gobert three time defensive player of the year let that sink in one of four players I believe uh, to ever do that uh, pretty amazing Rudy uh, and is still young in his career. Having accomplished that feat is uh, is really something. And if you did not see that video, the Jazz uh, sent that out as teammates uh, presenting the award to him. It was pretty. It was it was pretty cool. What did uh, yeah. what did Joe say? Uh, Rudy said I couldn't have done uh, I couldn't have done this without you guys, and Joe said something like, "You're right about that." He but said, "Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know." <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: with the Han Solo, I
1: know. But Rudy did uh, go out of his way to also thank his teammates on the TNT interview. Uh, I thought Rudy's um, reaction to it all was seemed very genuine and, uh, and appropriate. Uh, Gordon, speaking of Gordon, is is often as he tells us into those moments, you know, those genuine moments, and I, I thought that was one. I thought it was. I thought it was cool, and uh, frankly, uh, Rudy deserves this award. Um, and not to say that he didn't deserve the other two, but this one, he had his best defensive season this year.
0: Yeah, statistically, he had one of the best defensive yeah.
1: seasons the league has ever seen. So I want, I want people to do something, though, a little project if you get a second, though. All right? So bear in mind that what Austin said is, is a fact if you go by all those advanced metrics. The, the Raptor rating! and all those, uh, those nerdy things, and if, if, you know, you have eyeballs. But here's, here's a little project for you. Go to the Philadelphia media outlets and read the stories about Defensive Player of the Year there. I had, a, I had a very solid laugh out of that. And, and listen, this—and this, and Gordon would somehow find a way to argue uh, with me about this, I'm sure. But let me give you my perspective on Ben Simmons and his campaign— which that is exactly what it was for Defensive Player of the Year. He stands to be eligible to make more money if he gets Defensive Player of the Year, if he reaches a variety of different um, accomplishments in the NBA, right? You're eligible for the Supermax, all that sort of thing. So Ben Simmons this year set his his sights on, hey, I could get Defensive Player of the Year. So what did he do? You know, what any good campaigner does— he did a stump speech every every post game every day every day. Let me tell you exactly. And and he did the same thing by ben, the way. Ben, what do you think of the Bulls tomorrow night? <laughs> I should be Defensive Player of the Year. I, I, it's basically a no brainer. And he and he honestly he basically did the same thing for Rookie of the Year. And and when he did it for Rookie of the Year, it, it had this mocking tone to it that I found uh, extraordinarily obnoxious. And it it it, it kind of got that way a little bit. The uh, during this defensive player of the year campaign as well. Uh you know the oh I can guard every position and all this uh, all this nonsense. But but he he set out to campaign because he wants he wants to be eligible for more money. And and he campaigned. That's exactly what he did. And he came in second, which I don't even think he deserved to come in second honestly. He's the the second best, maybe third best. Defensive player on his own team. Yeah, he's not guarding the number one option on the opposer, on the opponent. I, I read a thing on the, in the, the Philadelphia media that mentioned that, uh, that Ben Simmons had his best offensive game against Rudy Gobert and the Jazz. Uh, you know, because an article about Ben Simmons' defense certainly needs to include the one good <laughs> offensive game that he ever had. But, <laughs> but do, do we also ignore the fact that that he let the Jazz sixth man, Jordan Clarkson, score 40 in that game? And the Jazz won by how many?
0: Uh, I don't remember. But wasn't it 40 in 29 minutes? Uh,
1: Yeah, something like that. And I don't think the game was particularly close. And so, in in this particular outlet's argument about Ben Simmons being eligible for Defensive Player of the Year, the the evidence that they throw in is Ben Simmons one game he played well on the offensive side. So <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it 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 does. But. Uh, I'm glad that the Well, Jake, the best offense is a good defense. Or
0: best defense is a good
1: offense. I'm glad that the voters appreciated what it is that Rudy Gobert does. And I know we talk about this and and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to throw out any victimhood here, but to, to appreciate truly how good Rudy Gobert is at playing defense in the NBA, you have to watch him consistently. And I think all the Jazz fans out there uh, who are listening right now, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here because you watch the Jazz every single night just like Austin, Gordon, myself uh, do and and can see the other team's best player drive into the lane, see Rudy Gobert, nay, smell Rudy Gobert, like, oh, Rudy's around. And then you you, you see a little liquid come out the bottom of the shorts, And then you see them turn around and and and, uh, go the other direction. It happens all game long. It happens all game long. It does. And hey, I'm I'm not trying. There's a bunch of Paul Pierce's out there, is what you're telling me. I'm not, and I'm joking about that, of course. But I'm not trying to single out Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But it happened in game one. Rudy, they both challenged Rudy at the rim in the first quarter, and it didn't go well. Paul George did it multiple times, and it didn't go well. From there on out, I mean, we'd have to go back and look at the play log, but let's just say they didn't go at Rudy. I mean, he changes the game. Ty Lue said it yesterday after practice. Rudy is so good that the Clippers are going to have to change their game plan, and that's exactly what Gordon and I talked about before this series that was going to be key. Make them adjust to you, not vice versa. I still think it's going to be key going forward, so stay tuned. We're talking jazz basketball throughout the show. All right. Let's talk about the game tonight, Gordon. Um, What what are kind of you?
0: I guess, let's start broad. What are you expecting tonight? I'm a little conflicted on this because I would normally think the Clippers will come back with a vengeance, having had a chance to catch their breath a little bit and maybe prepare a little better and come back at it. Um, On the other hand, I keep thinking of what happened against Dallas. And they fell behind. They lost two games in a row there. The Jazz are much better than the Mavs. And so there is an opportunity here for the Jazz to get their feet under them a little bit as well. I mean, they, they whether you think they were rusty or not, they did not come out particularly sharp in that first game. They can definitely do better as far as their shooting percentages go. And I think they will. Yeah, I think Clippers will be better. But um, the Jazz probably
1: will be, too. But how will they be better? That's that's the question. Like, I mean, I think Kawhi Leonard will have a better game in game two. I feel well, like, I'm pretty pretty comfortable about that. Paul, I'm not so sure because of his inconsistent performance.
0: He's not going to go four of seventeen again.
1: And I liked I like the Jazz game plan against both of those players. But you know, against somebody like Kawhi, there's only so much you can do. But but at the same time, Luke Kennard's not doing what he did in game yeah, one. True, I, I don't. I don't see that happening. I mean, there were some other things, and the Clippers are going to have to adjust to some things, and how does all that work? Um, meanwhile, I think the Jazz uh, handled— can I, can I interrupt you yeah, there? Yeah. You
0: said that how that works. That's a great point, because how does it work? You can you can make a plan, but implementing it and executing it is a whole other matter. Right. I mean, the whole idea with the the small lineup is to switch
1: everything and spread the floor. Well, if that doesn't work, and you go with a lineup with Zubats or Boogie Cousins, yeah. what's the what's the side effect? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the Jazz have been really good about having an answer when when teams make adjustments and finding a way to get into what they do, and that's a it's a big deal.
0: I mean. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I I don't know the level of the Clippers. Execution on on the fly like this, I don't know how well they'll be able to to implement what they want to do against this jazz team, which will be different than what happened with Dallas. Um, on the other hand, I certainly think the Jazz will be better. I mean, if I were, what they end up shooting, forty uh, percent. Yeah, they're going. Mean, they'll shoot better. They'll shoot better than that. Mm-hmm. They could shoot substantially better than that. I know the Clippers are good defenders on the perimeter. And they're long, but the, we've watched this team all year long. I I don't remember many games where they shot forty percent game after game after game. Yeah, I mean I I just think they're going to be much sharper. Uh, Donovan Mitchell may not be any sharper. If he is, then then uh, you know uh, that'll be amazing. Well, can I let,
1: let me jump in there, Gordon? Because I, I think you make a, a good point, and I you think about. Um, we talked about this yesterday. What Shaq and uh, Draymond Green said about the Jazz—that they played their best game and the Clippers only lost by three. That's and so
0: stupid. I mean, I can't. But I mean, I I have respect for those guys. I do. But I can't believe they would say that. I mean, they couldn't be more
1: wrong. So here's, you know what we didn't see in Game One from the Jazz? We didn't see the team go supernova. We saw Donovan Mitchell go supernova yeah. in in quarter three, but we didn't have that that moment where the jazz all of a sudden, you know, bang down seven, eight, nine threes in a quarter. Right. You know, we didn't see that that kind of flex that we often see when the team as a whole you know, is getting open shots and making them at a rapid rate. We, we saw Donovan take over Game 3, and that's another way the Jazz can win a basketball yeah. game. But to say that we saw the Jazz, the team at their best, I, I wholly disagree for that reason. We've seen those moments where the whole team is just clicking and they're hitting those threes in transition because they're getting defensive stops, and teams all of a sudden are out of the
0: game before it even began. You know, I have stood up for those guys in the past because some people think they don't really pay attention. I think they do pay attention, but they are flat wrong on that assessment. I mean, we, we have watched this team time and time and time again. And, Jake, I, there have been so many times when the Jazz have performed like what you just described. Right. Well, they performed that way, especially in the first half. They, they, and for most of Game 5 against Memphis. I mean, if they shoot the ball like that— Against the Clippers, they're going to win like that. Like that, and poor Lucy <laughs> is going to get squashed. I think uh,
1: sometimes player, uh, former player, turn analysts, and I, I don't, I don't mean to generalize. Uh, not, I, I'm sure not every former player analyst is this way, but I think a lot of former players think process the game in terms of one on one. You know, like, this player is, is the best basketball player in the sense that it, if, you know, it came down to me playing against him, you know, that, that kind of mentality. And they process the game through that. Like, Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the series, so of course the Clippers are going to win, you know. The Jazz are, the in their minds, the plucky underdog because Donovan Mitchell isn't a top three player in the league. I think they get stuck sometimes processing that, and then they go, "Oh, well, the Jazz start at 45 points." Well, pff, I don't see that team playing anybody. That's not gonna happen again. Yeah, yeah, but you don't think to the sense of, "Wow," when the Jazz as a team are really flexing. I mean, that's that's when we've seen all these games where they're blowing teams out by 30 points, and their point differential is the best in the league by a mile. It's because of Donovan Mitchell in a sense, but it's also because everybody
0: else all of a sudden and the offense is really working. Yes, exactly right. And one of the biggest negatives for the Jazz in game one is, is the greatest positive looking forward, and that is the way they shot the ball. They did not shoot the ball particularly well. And, Jake, I saw open looks. The Jazz had open looks, and they missed a great many of them. I don't think that's going to happen on the reg. Yeah. And so I, I think the exact opposite of what those guys said if that that may be near the bottom of how the Jazz will perform moving forward in this series.
1: All right. We'll have more big show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.